My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is known as the Neckbreak Kid. It is Alex Ocean. Can't fucking die. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Thanks so much for making time for me, man. I've been a big fan of your stuff ever since you first appeared on ICW No Holds Barred, which is a promotion that's very close to my heart. You kind of made an impact immediately and I've kind of been following your progress and I've seen your ups and downs and I just feel like in what is a relatively short career um, you've just made such a huge impact you know and when I when I consider how young you are as well I feel like you've also just lived like this huge life <laughs> so, so I, I thought you'd be a great person to talk to man perfect yeah no but I'm all I'm all about it. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's let's rewind back. I li- I like to kind of start at the start. So, um, what are your kind of first uh, memories of professional wrestling? I know you have only recently uh, gotten into it. Was it something that you were into as a kid, or was it something that you looked into way later in life? Uh, I mean, as a kid, I was definitely a fan. You know, like the normal. The first memories I have. Um, I don't remember, I don't even know exactly what it was, but there was some kind of segment that involved, like, Triple H, uh, the British Bulldog, and The Rock or something on, like, a SmackDown back in the day. I don't remember what it was, but I I remember those three, and that was, like, the first, not the first time I had seen it, but that was the first time I was, like, hooked. Yeah. Um, And then from there, I, you know, I think um, Kane was, like, my first favorite wrestler, so, like, I seen him, like, him and Sting, like, the face paint, the mask, all that was always, like, the coolest thing to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, those characters, like, got me into wrestling. And then, uh, I mean, I was a super fan. I really became, like, invested in, like, the storyline part of it, not just, like, the, oh, wrestling's cool. Like, look at how cool these people are. Um, I started really following the storylines around, I'd say, 2001. To late 2000, early 2001, the whole you know Rock Austin, and then going into the invasion, and then into that was like a, that was like the first the first couple storylines I actually like followed all the way through, and then I, I pretty much watched it until um, I was like like 15. Is that when wrestling's not cool anymore? Um, <laughs> Usually they were. I know I, I I like to say that's what it is, but I think for me it was not till I was like 18 or 19 because I was a not that cool kid, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, just, it was probably like more like 16, yeah. um, whatever it was. I, I just kind of fell off, 
and um, I didn't watch it again until I was, I think I was, I mean, I was, I was pretty young, so I was like, I was 19, I was in Korea at the time, I think, uh, my buddy actually, like, hit me up, and granted, over there, I don't know what time it was, but it wasn't the normal time, you know, in America, mm-hmm. and, but I was still up, I think I was drunk, uh, <laughs> and uh, my buddy hit yeah. me up, he's like, oh, you gotta turn on wrestling, and, like, he's my best friend, he was still obsessed with it, and, like, I had followed it for so long that I still kind of, like, knew what, like, most of the wrestlers and whatnot, and uh, what it was was when The Rock came back to host the WrestleMania, like, after his seven-year hiatus. Was that the thing where he, like, and, set his name on fire and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah it yeah. was like the, they didn't even, like, hint at it. They just let it be this huge surprise, Yeah, and, like, I was, I, like, jumped up like a little kid again, and then I started following it again, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, like, on and off until finally one day I decided that, like, you know, like, you only live one life. So I was like, let me try something. And uh, I found a wrestling school um, through a lot of trial and error. And I took my first bump, and I was like, I, you know, I, I think I can do this. And, you know, you're almost four years later. So here you are. Exactly. It's funny that yeah. you say that particular WrestleMania, because I'm pretty sure that when I also did the same thing. So I played in bands and stuff like that. So as I said, was right into it. Uh, I moved to the city, went to university, started playing bass and formed a band and did that for 10 years. Didn't watch any more wrestling, nothing. And then it wasn't until like many years later, uh, my wife and I are flicking through, well, my now wife and I are flicking through channels and we see Seth Rollins like uh, curb stomping uh, Randy Orton's head through a cinder block or something like that. And I'm like, oh damn, what's going on here? Who are these guys? Yeah. I know Randy, I don't know the others. And and then that was that kind of road to that WrestleMania, I'm pretty sure. So I remember taking the day off work to watch that one and also being blown away that The Rock was there. And then by then I was like full back on board with the WWE, you know, which started the oh, journey yeah. to like being here right now. But you mentioned something there. You mentioned you were in Korea. So I I know you. it's almost like you lived an entire life before you started wrestling. So you were in the military, yes? Yeah, I was in the Army for – I did uh, five years. I was active duty, so mm-hmm. – um, you know, that was my whole life. Yeah. And then I got out and I did three more years in the reserves. So I was, you know, once a month weekend warrior, yeah. uh, you know, went back to college and started going to school and whatever. And, uh, and then I finished that up in 2018. So I did eight years total. Wow. That's huge. And so when you, you enlist for something like that, was that like straight out of high school? You're like, I'm going to the military. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Here I go. Signing up. Uncle Sam, let's go. Like, that kind of thing. What happened, I was actually accepted um, into the, it's called the University of Marquette. It's a a pretty good, uh, prestigious-ish, like private school kind of, in kind of where around, I I grew up in um, Wisconsin, so it's in that, more in that area than where I am now. And um, I was supposed to go through the ROTC program for the Air Force. So I was going to join the Air Force, I was going to become an officer, that was like my goal. Uh, As a kid, one of my like dream careers I wanted to be a pilot so that was what I thought was going to be the best way for me to go through that process and then um right right when I was about to graduate my then girlfriend uh at the time got pregnant so I was like well uh you know I was 18 I was just about to graduate uh I had a job I was like a dishwasher and I got accepted into college, but I was like, I can't go to college for the next four years and not support this child. Yeah. So uh, I was like, the next day, yeah, I went to all the recruiters, um, 
the Marines, Navy, Air Force, and Army, and I was like, I need to do something. I need to, I need to leave. Not like leave, like for the, like I need to to get something established. So like when this baby's born, I can have you know like a career and we can have a life. Absolutely. And uh, the army shipped me out first, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, I know very little about the military, but it seems like a good way that it, if you can get accepted to that, you're essentially being paid to be educated, right? And like learn skills and all that stuff. And if you're a young guy and you don't really have anything behind you yet, it seems like a pretty good way to instantly be into a structure like that. You, it, you definitely could, you know, and I was, um, yeah, de- and from a 16 to 18, you know, I was, I partied a lot. I was definitely a big party kid. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it does give you some structure like that. And like, my thing was like, it, it gave you a steady paycheck and you never have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And, the ranking up was fairly quick, and I was able to rank up you know, as fast as you could. So, you know, I was able to make more uh, in a faster amount of time. And it just, it just, uh, everything just kind of worked out for um, what it was. I, I made some mistakes uh, signing up, not while I was in, but I had a, they go off of this like test score. It's called an ASVAB. I had a very high ASVAB. Um, I was offered jobs from like the Navy and the Army that were actually, actually very hard to get. But I was going to have to wait like six months before I could go out to basic training and then AIT. Right. And at that time, I was so focused on uh, my girlfriend being pregnant that I was like, no, I got to leave. I got to leave. So I ended up picking basically uh, combat arms, which is like the front line. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to like this is the bottom of the barrel. Like if, if you can get in the military, you can get this job. Um it was cool. I got to shoot tanks for a couple of years and stuff like that. So it's not many people can say they did that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fun. And was it, was that the focus? You were like, I just need to get like income and like be prepared for for this child. Yeah, that was literally one hundred percent. Like it, it, do, it doesn't matter. Like I'm secondary now. Like I need to just do what it takes to for everything to be in place, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I just knew I could take care of me. I could take care of her. I could take care of him, and then. You know, the, the contract's three years, and then I was like, in three years, I can figure out, you know, what the next move is. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't want, you know, to be in that situation as an 18-year-old with a kid and just have nothing, you yeah. know, because I had nothing. I didn't, you know, um, we weren't poor, but, you know, middle-class family. It wasn't, you know, nothing extravagant, nothing, you know, it's not like my parents could have really helped me out that much, so... Um, I just needed to make it happen, so yeah, that's okay. what I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, responsible choice, I would say. Um, and did you find that military like like you took to it? You did you enjoy that structure and and all that kind of physicality? Um, I think that the perception that a lot of people have of the military is a lot different than what the military really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say the military enabled me to continue being a party kid for a while without. <laughs> okay. Um, the people in the military drink a lot, so I was able to do that. Uh, not that that's a good thing, but I did. Um, like I said, I, I went to Korea. So the first year wow. I was in the military, like my son was born. Uh, I only got to see him for like two weeks, and I got sent to Korea for a year. Oh, wow. So, right, so, you know, I was 19, um, and I, could, I basically was able to kind of live that life of a, a single 19-year-old because I, you know, um, you know, I still help support back home, but like I, I, there was no way I could bring them, them, bring them with, you know? Um, so, you know, it was fun, you know, pros and cons to everything. Um, and then as, uh, I left Korea, 
I went to Georgia. Uh, me and his mom actually ended up getting married because they pay you more if you're married. Okay. So it seemed like a ne- yeah. Convenient. So basically, my options were: don't get married. I don't see my son, and I pay like eight hundred dollars a month in child support, or get married. I see my son every day and get paid an extra like eighteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, right. Okay. So it was a pretty easy fucking decision for a twenty-year-old, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we did that, and then we ended up, you know, just not working out. We were in Georgia. I ended up going to Korea. Or, excuse me, um, I ended up going to Colorado, and then from there I, I finished up my, my service of the active duty. Um, I did enjoy it, certain parts. There's certain, a lot of really cool parts. There's a lot of sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Um, and, you know, like I said, everything pros and cons. My biggest issue was at the end I just felt like I was stuck. I was chasing uh, a deployment. I was trying to get deployed the entire time just because it's like a – it's like an honor thing or some shit, yeah. you know? It was just like I, I had ranked up, you know, to a certain point pretty fast, but I didn't have that deployment. So it was almost like I was looked down upon a little bit just because I hadn't deployed, but, like, I was trying the entire time. Yeah. Um, so then by the end of the five years, um, I had the option to deploy or be a recruiter or be a drill sergeant, and I was just kind of, like, burnt out on it. And, like, the progression, the longer you stay in, gets slower and slower and slower. So I just felt like I was stuck and just, like, not really – not that I wasn't doing anything in life, but I just felt like I could do more. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't want to feel stuck anymore. So that's that was kind of the decision I had to, to get out. Yeah, exactly. And then um, how does it work? You've then basically essentially got the uh, option to – what do they call it? Like, honorable discharge or whatever. Like, just walk away from it, yeah? Yeah, so I had to – I was actually, they give you what are called orders, and the orders are like, this is what you do, and I got put on the recruiting orders, so I was supposed to be a recruiter, mm-hmm. and but my contract was coming up, so they made you sign, it's called a deck statement, and I, so basically I just had to sign this thing saying that um, I didn't want those orders, it breaks the orders, but then I couldn't re-enlist again for like a certain period of time or something like that, like that's all it really was. Yeah. Um, but so I joined the, the reserves and got out, and uh, yeah, the, the honorable is, is as long as you don't fuck up. Yeah, you get an honourable. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so, so it's the kind of thing that you've walked out on good terms, essentially. And if you ever decided like you wanted to be involved with the military again, that that door's sort of still open for you to walk back into. Oh yeah, it's it's open. I mean, it doesn't look. I'm looking at your face. It doesn't look like something that you're interested in doing. But (laughs) no, I'm not going to go back to that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't want to burn burn bridges with the military because you you know it's a pretty powerful enemy to make. But yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's cool. Well, I remember reading. So uh, in that you you mentioned your son, and I remembered reading on Twitter, and it was one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you. I remember you posted a photo of of your son, and and you said how. When he were, was younger, he said to you, like, he, he wanted to be a baseball player, right? And you said to him, yeah. straight away, you were like, why why wouldn't you choose something more realistic? And then you kind of caught yourself and you were like, what sort of example is that? And that was a, yeah. that was a, a bit of a turning moment for you as far as, like, wrestling. Ha- is that right? That was, that was actually the moment. Yeah, that okay. was, I think, 100%. Um, you know, he came home. From kindergarten and like like it, it was a scribbled paper. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, oh, what is it? You know, because I had to draw and he said baseball player. And yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I was like, well, why don't you think of something more realistic? And he just walked away and then like you know it hit me and I was like, I just told a five year old like to think of something realistic. Like you don't fucking say that to a five year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're supposed to tell. It doesn't matter if he's gonna be a baseball player or not. You don't. 
uh, you know, I mean, you, you can be a president, right? Like, when we were growing up, like, oh, you can be whatever you want. Like, that's what you're supposed to tell kids. Keep that hope, those dreams alive. And so, like, yeah. I was just kind of, like, almost, like, ashamed of myself that yeah. I had said that. Mm -hmm. So it, it made me just kind of, like, stop. Um, I was in college. I was back in Wisconsin. And it just kind of made me, like, sit and think. And I was like, well, what, what was the thing that I always wanted to do? And, like, the one thing I had always wanted to do was – to be a professional wrestler, or at least try. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. I was, it was me just saying, all right, well, I'm going to go give this a shot. I'm going to go try and train and see if this is something I can do and, and sustain. And um, it, it took a lot of maneuvering because we were, I was living in Wisconsin. Me and my ex were split. Um, you know, we both had our lives there. And there's no wrestling schools within, like, four hours. I was in school full-time. I was working full-time. Like, there's just really no way to make it work. Um, but I talked to my son's mom, and I was like, look, I don't really want to be here anymore, and I know you don't want to be here anymore, like, in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, and there's reason for that. That's a whole backstory too. Um, but um, so we kind of just together started looking at places we would both like to live and co-parent. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I was like, I don't want any more snow. Uh, I need a college nearby that I can transfer to to finish my degree because I was two years into into my uh, bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and the last thing I was like, I, I want to go to a pro wrestling school. I was like, that was, I literally told her that. She kind of like laughed, and, but she knew that I was like a fan and whatnot. And she's like, you know, she's like, okay. And we looked at a couple different places and we settled on uh, South Florida. And literally two, three months later, we moved down here. We packed up everything and just left. Um, you know, we both got separate places right away and we just co-parented. We still co-parent here, um, you know, with no support system. And it was, I think I was down there for about a month. I got everything settled with school. Um, you know, I was going around looking for jobs first before I did the wrestling thing, but I, I went to the wrestling school finally one day, about a month after I'd been in Florida, maybe last maybe like two weeks. And, you know, they, I did a couple rolls. I think I took a bump. I took a flip bump. And then they made me get out of the ring because I hadn't paid any tuition or anything, you know what I mean? And they were just like, "All right, like we think you can do this." And so I was like, "I was like, here's my here's my info, here's my money, like let's do this thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah, get into it. And so yeah. you you felt you just loved it straight away, just took to it immediately. Yeah, it it really was like, you know, I I took like the first bump, I took the first the just everything I did was just like it wasn't good, yeah. um, but it just kind of like it, I knew I could do it. And yeah. that was, like, I guess the biggest doubt is, like, you know, you see these guys on TV and all this, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't watch indie wrestling. I didn't follow indie wrestling. I didn't even know what a fucking death match was when I first stepped in the wrestling ring. Yeah. So, like, I didn't know any of that. I just seen the WWE, yeah. you know. I, that's all I knew. So, but, I, you know, I got in there and I was like, I, I can do this. And that's, that's all I needed. And so I just never quit going. Yeah, exactly. What does, um... Has your son seen you wrestle, and what does he think of it all? Does he think it's pretty cool that Dad uh, fights? <laughs> he does. He's yeah. he's seen me wrestle many times. Um, he's seen me. He's seen me do one death match live. Oh wow! Uh, because there was yeah there well there was a time that I thought that I was just done. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't want to like rob him for, or not rob him, but I wanted him to see me do that because like I had done them. He had seen clips, and I was just I just thought like look if this is gonna be my last one. I want him to be there. So he did get to one of those, and that was actually his favorite show. Surprise. 
Um, he absolutely loved just the carnage. And so it's funny is like he, he enjoys watching me. He enjoys watching like some of the characters, but all in all, he's really not a wrestling fan. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, he only <laughs> likes it cause I do it, you know, yeah, like okay. he can really care less. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How old is he now? He's 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And which, uh, which show did you take him to? Um, it was the, I think it was in January. It was the first ring show for no peace underground. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it was me and G Raver and Connor Claxton yeah. versus uh, the four four zero. Yeah, that great. was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. okay, yeah. yeah. That well, that would have been a good one too. Lots going on and lots of excitement and everything. Like yeah, that. yeah. I actually remember he was in the corner, and everyone told me afterwards that he was like starting all the chants like all night, like he was just losing his mind. And I remember I did the uh, the like the flip uh, spots into the panes of glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was in the corner of one of the panes of glass, and it just like showered over him. Yeah, and he's just like jumping up and down, like just super excited, like just loving so it. Was, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. wicked, man. I didn't see my first death match until like you know, four four years ago, five years ago now, and and seeing those you know tubes break and everything, it was like such an impact on me. I was like, where has this been all my life? I can only imagine like being that young, just being like, holy fuck, what is yeah. happening right now? It's like like exactly. seeing an action movie or something. Link, right exactly exactly no he loved it oh that's awesome man and and you're also telling me you you have a, a daughter as well or, or a girl that's that's in your life too right yeah so um this actually goes back to how we were able to move mm-hmm. essentially what happened is uh me and, and my ex uh, my ex-wife mm-hmm. she ended up having a, another child with i actually worked with the guy in the army um okay. they stayed together for a while when this little girl was 10 months old uh, he ended up committing suicide. Oh, man. And so what happened was um, he had gone to, like, a men- like mental health through the VA, and they had- didn't get him in, and he committed suicide. So normally the life insurance doesn't pay out for for yeah. suicide. But since he had, like, tried to get help or whatever the logistics were, I'm not really sure, um, the life insurance paid out. It paid out to his grandma, and his grandma gave her and, like, the daughter, like, a big chunk of money. Like, one separate for the daughter, she gets it in, like, 20 years, and then um, gave the mom, like, you know, a hundred and some thousand dollars to just, you know, take care of the kids and, like, support them. And so that was kind of, like, the she had that so she could move, you know, and I had not nearly as much, but I had a little bit of a savings at the time. So that was kind of, like, the catalyst. But so what happened was that uh, I was in college. I I was living, like, an hour away, so I was only getting my sons every weekend. Yeah. And so I was going to get my son, and on the way I was just kind of like, hey, um, you know, you've gone through a lot, obviously. Like, that's a very traumatic experience. Um, and they were still together, so it was pretty rough. So I was yeah, like, you know, huge. if you need any help, like, I'll take – her name's Lauren. I was like, I'll take her, um, you know, and help you out. And then so you start taking a, a little girl. She's 10 months old. Yeah. Started getting connected, and then I started thinking, like, um, you know, I don't want just, like, boyfriends in and out of her life. Yeah. You know, calling dad and then he's gone the next day. I was like, I know I'm never going to be back with this girl ever again, but I, I know I'm going to be around her all the time because I'm, I'm not going to not have my son. Yeah. So I was like, I would rather be the father figure to her than some other random dude that might might stick around, might not. Yeah. Like that was kind of the thought process behind it. And it was an easy thought process, you know, because I fell in love with her. So, yeah, um, she's five now. Yeah. And so that's still a. Uh, that's still a thing too. So we're one, you know, happy little family. Yeah, nice. And I mean, they're 
your your son and her are a brother and sister and being raised together, so it only just makes sense that they would always be in each other's lives and you're going to be a constant in his life. So, you know, I, I think right. that's probably commendable and, like you said, probably a pretty easy choice to make at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's awesome. So, And what's your son's name, sorry? Uh, Kobe. Kobe. So shout out Lauren yeah. and Kobe. That's awesome. <laughs> so... Getting into the getting more into the the wrestling stuff, like we said, it's a it's been like a four year career. Twenty eighteen, you started. Um, where did uh, one of the the bigger moments in your wrestling, I guess, which happened before I first seen you, was the whole neck break kid incident, right? Where were you wrestling, and what happened? Because you sustained quite a severe injury, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I was wrestling. Um, uh, shout out if anybody watches NXT. Um, AJ Frank, AJ Francis, mm-hmm. um, on NXT right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually wrestling him. Okay. Uh, very, very close friend of mine. Fucking love him. Uh-huh. Um, at the time, I was just being dumb. I was, uh, I was chasing clout. Is what I was doing. I was trying to do just the, the dumbest or the, the the off most off the wall shit that I could think of at the time because I was like, oh, maybe this one will get a hundred thousand views. Maybe the, you know what I mean. That's all I was doing. Yeah, trying and to catch a gif so or whatever. I basically. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, you know, it was like, well, Darby Allen did it, so maybe I can do it. And I tried to do a, I was handcuffed in the match, and I, I went for a suicide dive, and it was just a big, it was a miscommunication. He was uh, too far out. He's way too far out. Um, and I, I tried to tell him to come in, but it was heat of the moment, and I was like, fuck it, I'll make it. And then I, you know, I've also never done a suicide dive with my hands behind my back, so yeah. the trajectory's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so when I jumped through... Also, what fucked me is uh, my knee pad ended up hitting the middle rope. Oh. So I went straight down, and since he wasn't, you know, like an arm's length, he was probably two away from the ring. Like, he tried to dive and catch me, but I just, it literally just turned me, and I, yeah. I just fell. And I, I tucked my chin as much as I could, but I landed literally the back of my head and neck, and my whole body, like, folded over. Oh. And uh, it kind of went black for a second. I broke the handcuff. Which was a real handcuffs, by the way. Yeah. Uh, my wrist was actually bruised for like two months. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, and uh, I was just laying there, and uh, the ref, ref, his name's Ref Tony, he comes over to me, and he's like, are you okay? And I was just like, I don't know. And I was like, am I okay? He's like, it didn't really look very good. And I was like, I think I'm okay. And then I tried to get up, and this, I had a pain kind of shoot down my back. And so I, I, I stopped for a second. And then there was a girl who was like, backstage or in attendance or something who was a like a registered nurse and she basically just ran out and told me to stop fucking moving yeah um they helped me up they got me to the back they put me in a neck brace and then they called the ambulance and um made me go into the the hospital and they did the scans and yeah i fractured my c6 or c7 one of the two but then also my my C6 slipped over my C7, so they weren't, like, perfectly aligned. They're still not, actually. Um, it doesn't fix itself. It was either let it heal or surgery. But So I got I have, like, a 3-millimeter um, difference in, in two of my, my vertebrae. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means, but uh, it doesn't really sound like it's it supposed either, to. But that's, that's what they told me. You can walk. You're turning your head right now, so I guess it's okay. Yeah, we're we're good. Uh, I mean, I do have one surgeon who still tries to get me to have uh, surgery to get those two vertebrae fused um, to this day. Yeah, but okay. uh, all the side effects went away. Like my left arm was going numb for the like three months, four months, but it completely went away. And 
I've done a lot of dumb shit since that happened. And so, uh, like, if I was going to be paralyzed or killed from that injury, like, I, it would have happened by now is how I look at it. So, <laughs> Still going. Still going. <laughs> how long was the, the rehab on that? <laughs> uh, I wrestled my first match back three months after the injury. Okay. I um, was not cleared, but I told everyone I was. Um, I felt fine. What what happened was, I I mean, I worked my ass off. I really did. Um, I worked with uh, some physical therapists um, at my actual job, my, my shoot job, and you know they gave me some stuff to do. And I was I was in the gym, I think three days out of the hospital, just doing like leg raises and you know um, like leg curls and stuff like that. And then I finally worked up to like belt squats, and I, I was in the gym every every day still. Um, and then once I could start doing the lateral raises and the different shoulder movements and these different like neck stability things, um, I did literally the, the day they said that I could take the brace off and, and just, they just told me to like look left and right. And I would do that 20, 30 times a day. Like anytime I had a chance, I'd take it off and, and do it and then put the brace back on. And, you know I mean? Like my, my whole goal was just to wrestle again. Like that, that was the thing. Like, um, the doctor told me that he was surprised that I was walking, much less that I would ever wrestle again. And I was like, no, like that's not an option for me. Yeah. So uh, I worked my ass off. I got to the point. Um, I, I trained in the ring. I was I was in the ring training two months after the injury. I wasn't bumping though, so I didn't take my first bump just because like you know weak neck, yeah, yeah. tuck your chin. That was obviously where the injury was going to happen. Um, and then. What got me to take my first bump is actually Danny D'Amato mm-hmm. uh, came to the school that I trained at, mm-hmm. and I, he you know did like almost like a little seminar, and then wanted to see practice matches. And I was hitting him up all the time, at, you know, from before when he was with you know GCW, and because that's that's what I wanted to work for. I started doing these death matches, and so I literally everyone started went to do a practice match. They left the ring. I got in the ring. I took a bump. Like, just by myself, I sat for a second, I sat up, I was like, okay, I'm good, and I got out of the ring, I'm like, I'm good to go, and he was like, is that your first bump since you broke your neck? And I was like, yeah. And uh, I had a practice match, and um, he actually wasn't impressed with me, I found out, which is pretty funny. I've heard that story. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And uh, yeah, that was that, so that first bump gave me the confidence, and then it was, I think, less than a month later, I wrestled on, it was March 6th was against AJ Gray uh, for No Peace Underground. That was my first match back. Mm-hmm. And then I wrestled um, for bar wrestling, if we're even allowed to say that anymore. Um, <laughs> March 11th, out yeah. in L.A. Yeah. Uh, just the company, not the guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, did, uh, I, I did the bar wrestling out there on March 11th, and then we were supposed to go to, it was called Hood Slam up in like Oakland, mm-hmm. uh, but that's when COVID hit. Yeah. So then I didn't do anything for a couple months, and then... You know, and then the summer of death happened, I guess. Yeah, exactly right, which in the rest is history. So, um, yeah. well, rewinding a little bit before before we get, get into the ICW No Holds Barred and all that kind of stuff, um, you said that before Danny came, you'd started doing death matches and stuff. What was some of the first death match stuff you saw and what made you want to get involved with that stuff? So I was, I was actually sitting, uh, I was at my buddy's house. Um, so for a while, South Florida is especially South Florida, Florida as a whole, people consider like a black hole of wrestling. 
South Florida especially, people just don't fucking leave. They don't travel. They don't do anything. And I was not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So I found one other guy down here that was basically driving to Tennessee every weekend to wrestle for fucking 20, 40 bucks. But there's so many shit shows in Tennessee, like, you're always going to wrestle. So for, like, six months, we started doing that every weekend, every single weekend, 14-hour drives. And uh, I was at his house um, because I would drive there, and then we'd leave, you know, stupid early in the morning or whatever it be. And uh, I was just, like, scrolling through Instagram, and I saw something for this no-ring death match. And I was like, like, at this point, I'd obviously heard about death matches and Everyone, you know, they're all, it's just shit wrestling, trash bag, bullshit. And I saw it, and I started looking at it, and I was like, well, this looks kind of fucking cool. And yeah. then it, it was in Orlando. It, it was No Peace Underground. Yeah. I don't even know if it was called No Peace at the time. And I was like, well, this looks pretty fun. Or it had just been called No Peace. And it looked cool. I, uh, I hit up Casanova yeah. because he was the, the champion and, like, the only dude that I could find on their stuff. At the time, they had, like, 113 followers. Like, it was not what it is now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I sent him some matches, and he's kind of like, yeah, cool, whatever. And then I didn't hear from him, and then they had a show coming up, and uh, I knew Barrington Hughes, and it was Barrington Hughes versus Casanova. So I hit both of them up. I was like, hey, I'm going to show up. If you need any help, you need anything, like, I'm going to just show up. And, yeah, yeah, cool. And I showed up. I talked to him. They introduced me to the the booker, and I watched the show. I'd never seen a death match at this point still, like, and I, my first one, the first death match I ever saw was Casanova Valentine versus Barrington Hughes, which he doesn't even do that. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, same thing. The first light tube broke, and I was like, holy shit. And then then they had this gauntlet match, and it actually finished with uh, G. Raver and Cody Rice. And Huge. they did some off-the-wall shit. And actually watching that, I was like, ah, man, I don't know. if That's maybe too gnarly. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, but the, the booker hit me up. And he was like, hey, we have this uh, event. It's called Schlatt Kills Everybody or Everything or something like that. It's my kind of show. And they're like, yeah. And they're <laughs> like, we need bodies for the end to come out for Schlatt to just destroy. Yeah. And he's like, we're, you know, we'll give you 50 bucks so you come do it. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. So I came in, I, uh, I took a DVD from Schlatt onto a barroom floor, <laughs> which Christ. I landed on my fucking head. It was terrible. Ugh. And, uh, they just appreciated that I came and did it. And he was like, hey, man, he's like, you want to have a match here? And I was like, yes, that's why I keep coming. Yeah. And he was like, well, he's like, are you cool doing a death match? And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. So they literally, they made, they actually kind of made me look like a big deal. They gave me the Alex Ocean, like, open challenge or something. Yeah, okay. like, And nobody knew who the fuck I was. It was some yeah. random dude. Yeah. And uh, it ended up, they did me and Connor Claxton, and he just completely took care of me and, like, baby step walked me through my first one. Huge. And I got to the back. Yeah. I got to the back, and it was Effie who was standing there. Uh-huh. And he was like, so how was it? And I was like, that's the most fun I've ever fucking had. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. He's like, wrestling's ruined for you forever now. And I was hooked. Hilarious. That's so cool, man. And, like, talk about, like, a cast of characters to, to get you through and prepare you for it. Like, you're... Connor Claxon, like such a veteran, and what a way to to start, you know. Like, and, and you just—it sounds like you just went, okay, well, head first into the pool, let's go. Yeah, I was fucking. I mean, yeah, that, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, really. Um, and then the, the other big shout out when I showed up there, like I just showed up. I didn't even know anybody. I didn't know who was a wrestler, who wasn't. Yeah. Let's be real, deathmatch yeah. guys don't really stand out from too much of the hardcore crowd. Yeah, and at the yeah. time. 
No Peace Underground was two or three matches after a bunch of hardcore bands. Like, it wasn't an actual wrestling show. It was just a couple matches. Yeah. So Marcus Crane was there, and he, like, he was like, you know, if you use a light tube, you got to do this, do this, with these, do this. And he just kind of, like, showed me, like, the right way to use certain weapons. And, like, and I was just like, yeah, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know none of this. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty cool, too. He really just... You know, fucking. I know I piss him off a lot, so that's why I'm got to shout him out a little bit because he did help me a lot. Yeah, so. shout out Marcus Crane. It's funny they always say that there's like no wrestling schools like to learn how to swing a chair or a tube or anything like that, but there is a little bit. And he gave you like a quick crash course in how to you know take care of others and take care of yourself, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah, he really did. And the, the, the what's weird is there actually is a. I mean, I, you know, like, deathmatch is art, but, like, there's an art behind doing, like, things the right way, and, yeah. like, I'm still learning all the time. Yeah, sure. You know, but, like, you just learn little things from everybody, every, you know, each time. So it's it's interesting. It, you know, it's its own it's its own thing. Like, it's definitely, um, it's, there's definitely a lot more into it than I think a lot of people realize. Even, yeah. like, the hardcore fans, there's more into it than they realize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why it fascinates me so much. You know, like, everything that goes behind it and stuff and the people that do it, like, it's a, a very interesting medium for me. And, yeah, it's, it's something that's crazy, but amazing. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like everything it is. So talk about No Peace Underground. You said, you know, they took care of you and debuted you in a really good way. Um. ICW obviously did that for you as well. Uh, the way I understand the story, uh, the struggles really pulled for you. He had seen your stuff. He, he liked you. Danny wasn't all the yeah. way convinced, but he took his word on it and they brought you in. I remember seeing that first match. Uh, but the one that really stood out to me was, uh, well, I, I remember you had that match and Danny came into the ring, right? Or or did he come in after? No, he, no. It was when you guys just, had your match against each other. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Which I loved, by the way. It was cool seeing Danny. Uh, I'd never seen Danny wrestle. That was all before my time. And when he's like, "I'm going to show this young punk," or whatever, I was like, "This is fucking cool. Let's go." Obviously, he was crazy. Jumped off that fucking roof. Destroyed him and you. Killed you both, basically. But he made sure he dragged his corpse into that ring to, like, you know put you over and make you look like a, a big deal. And I love that match, man. Like, so what was that entire situation like for you? Because it would be pretty crazy. You, you're kind of knowing he's not maybe all the way hot on you at the start of it. So did it feel like a bit of a proving ground for you? Um, a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I, so I knew I was going to wrestle him because he, he, he made a, he messaged me and he was just like, uh, I got a special opponent for you. Yeah. And, something about guess who it is and I, I knew right away that it was him just the way <laughs> yeah, he worded yeah. it yeah yeah and I was like is it you and he was like yep yeah um so what's funny is the finish to that match was actually supposed to be even fucking wilder but the the elbow off the balcony fucked us both up dude so it was fucked <laughs> um it might be for the best that I couldn't do the final spot if anybody's wondering um in the bloodshed, there's all the, the beams at the top, yeah. and it was going to be like the old Janela spot where I was going to hang from the beams and then fall down on him. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> right. So it was... He wanted to do even... like I could go on about that match. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was it was a little... I, I learned doing it, um, you know, because for a while, there was this thing where everyone just called me a pussy because I didn't hit people as hard as I could. I don't... Whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was like a thing that kind of actually started that thing. Uh -huh. Um, but so I, I learned a lot. It was, he was awesome to work with, like yeah. fucking piece of cake, you know? Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And yeah. And, and he put me over super hard. 
Um, I think he knew, like, um, I was, am, I don't even know how to, I like Joey Janela's style, if you couldn't tell. Okay. So that was what that whole thing was about, right? I know they kind of have a beef or whatever, but um, like, he knew that. Um, if you look into my wrestling, yes, at one point I was basically, I was trying to call him out by ripping him off. I was calling myself the new bad boy for like a year. Yeah, right. All I wanted was a Right, all I wanted was a match with him. Yeah, um, and to, like get his attention, and it got his attention. He just never put it over. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it just never happened. But so like that, you know, if, if you look deep enough, you can find that shit still. Uh-huh. So I, I understand now how fucking dumb it was, but you know, <laughs> you live and you learn. I've you done get, a you lot. You gotta of throw shit at the wall and see what sticks sometimes, bro. Like you know? that. Well, that's that's been my problem sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel ya. I feel ya. But hey, at least you're trying, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, just grind out forever? This is a man who's been in the military and lived an entire life before he started wrestling. You don't have time to spare. <laughs> you got to get going. Right. I, yeah, just, yeah. I, you know, I've thrown a lot of darts at the dartboard. Some yeah. of them are fucking stuck, and some of them gone way off course. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, four years in, and you've managed to do a lot. You know, your your name is known and things like that, where you have other people that have entire careers without ever being spoken about. You know what I mean? Right. Controversies being what they were and stuff like that, publicity is still publicity no matter how it goes. <laughs> you know, is how I, I look guess. at it. And, <laughs> it's true, and, it's true. And we're, we're going to get into this a little bit more, but for me, I kind of feel like pro wrestling is, and it's not as much now in 2021, I guess everybody's like quite a bit more sensitive, but I always felt like pro, pro wrestling was the last bastion of kind of nothing being off limit. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, right. pro wrestling can be a car crash. It can be inappropriate. It can be all these things because it's entertainment and it's bullshit and everybody knows that. Now right. everybody gets a little bit more offended, but I always appreciated that you were just going balls to the wall in anything that you tried. Yeah? Yeah, so. <laughs> I appreciate that you appreciate that. That's all that matters. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I feel that. So I love that. Obviously, Danny fucks you up. Were you actually, and, and himself up, were you... Did your knee get fucked up in that, or what happened? Uh, yeah, I actually partially tore my MCL. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, it like, it like, it didn't completely tear, so I didn't have to have surgery, but, like, yeah. half of it tore. Yeah. And uh, so, so they told me not to wrestle. So, yeah. being who I am, I bought a very expensive knee brace, yeah, and like, I wrestled like next Cop. weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I only missed one match because of it. Yeah, everybody's looking for an excuse to wear that knee brace, but you had a real one, so that worked out pretty cool. I still have it, too. I've, I actually I took it off just because I was like I just didn't want my knee to end up becoming weak because yeah, I kept wearing it. I got you. I, I, got you. I also think it looks fucking awesome, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, after a while you have to start trusting it, right? Like otherwise it, you become yep. reliant on it. Yeah, I would imagine. Exactly. So, so then I guess ICW's cruising along. You're picking up steam, and then there's the uh, awesome match in the pit with Cass. Uh, there's the infamous gusset plate uh, two-by-four match. Uh, Cass's scar, <laughs> he told me when I spoke to him, he's like, it's a lifer, and showed me that fucking scar, and it's like crazy, right? <laughs> so, and, the, oh, yeah. and then the the turn happens, which, you know, it, it's kind of cool that they've been doing that in ICW, and especially with you, because deathmatch to wrestling doesn't always have those sort of storylines, but I like that they were appreciating yeah. that. And they took you, somebody who was sort of framed as like, the white meat baby face, the Riley Madison stuff happens, and and you guys obviously turn on Cass. How how was that all um, 
for you? Like, how was that presented to you and how did you, you sort of approach that thing where you're like, now I'm going to be a bad boy. <laughs> Better than it, I well, am. It really wasn't, uh, it really wasn't presented to me what it was. Um, they wanted me to, to stay face. Um, they didn't want me to go heel. Oh, okay. And, but so I had, it was the match with Brett Eisen. Yes. Where the, they completely turned on me and, you know, the match didn't really go how I wanted. Like, I wanted to tell a certain story, and it, I guess it just didn't go the way I wanted. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was terrible, but I also didn't think it was very good. Uh-huh. It was what it was. Yeah. Um, and then the next night, uh, with Oren and Eric, I also got booed again. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, they, they wanted to just, like, meet it. Not, like, lay low, but just, they're like, just ignore it, and it, it'll go away by next month. And, um wasn't going to yeah <laughs> so you you were already um, so, fe- you were feeling like the the crowd was turning on you like you could feel that they, they already turned and twitter wouldn't fucking stop about anything yeah and so i was like it's like i said throwing fucking darts i was like fuck it i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna it started with the music the first thing i was like i was like my music at that point was more over than i was so i was like i'm gonna take that away from them fuck you <laughs> So, you know what I mean? I came out with the new music. I fucking, I took out the man bun. I put my fucking hair down and I didn't smile. I put a, a black mouth guard in instead of, instead of the white teeth. And that was just the first, like, oh, let's give it a shot. And it was against John Wayne Murdoch was the first heel one, you know, and yeah. struggles. I thought I did an awesome job with the, um, you know, oh, he showed up like 30 minutes ago, which was 100% true. I did. I, uh, I had to work. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to work, and then I got stuck in traffic, and then the GPS took me like the wrong way. I literally showed up, and the first match was already happening. So so you're already a heel at that point, regardless. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that was the first shows in Florida. I live in fucking Florida, right? And yeah, I'm the yeah, only yeah. one that's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like things like that or whatever. But And then that, you know, that match... Again, it wasn't a good match, but that's where Murdoch hit me in the back and um, again the two by four, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, fucked my life up. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Did, you got you said you got like fucking blood poisoning or something from that, right? Like there was something brutal, like you that uh, like the blood so, loss so, like screwed you up or something. It, the blood loss. Um, I got back to the hotel room. Uh, I was with the, the girl I was seeing, and so I, I took a bath. <clears throat> it was Ricky Shane Page actually told me he's like take a bath don't take a shower he's like it's so much better so and I had so much blood like literally it was it was like peeling off a scab it was so thick there's so much like it was insane yeah and so I couldn't get it off I would have had to like scrub it and that that wasn't gonna happen um so I, I laid in the bath a uh, uh, like a lukewarm bathtub for like maybe like 10 minutes uh-huh. and then I went to stand up and I turned the shower on to like rinse the rest of like the goop off of myself uh-huh. and then i i stepped out of the shower and i passed out oh wow and uh well i, I went like lightheaded and i started going into shock and then i passed out okay and then so she found me and was like panicking and i, I came to yeah. to the point where i was able to like make it into the bed and like basically just fucking passed out and Probably shouldn't have done that, but um, I woke up and I should be walking to look like day. a crime scene. Like, just, imagine if like someone from the hotel or something walks in, there's just blood everywhere, and your body on the ground. They're arresting her before anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, and then and I, uh, the next day was the No Holds Barred show, so you know that was me and Akira, which was supposed to be <laughs> fucking great. And uh, yeah. 
I had an open gash in my head still that I didn't glue. I didn't nothing. It was just fucking there. Um, You know, I I lost so much blood, actually. Like, if you watch that match, there's a point where I basically turned white and I stopped bleeding. Yeah, well. And that's the point in the match where I don't really remember anything. I just know that, like, any time I went to do something, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And every time I stood, like, all the way up, I thought I was going to pass out. Wow. And it was to the point where, like, I couldn't even tell him that I couldn't do anything. I was, I, just, I was just completely out of it. And so finally at one point, I mean, because that match was fucking terrible. And it just drug on and on and on. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I was just like, I, was like, I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And fucked up. I was like, we, but I knew the Riley thing was happening. And I was like, we, and I was finally, I was like, we need to go home. And he was like, why didn't you say that? I was like, I, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I was just like, and we finally we got through it, and we did it. And I got to the back, and it was fine. But it was, it was, it was rough. That was, um, yeah. I mean, that whole week after too was just I felt like shit. Like, yeah. it was it was bad. Would you say that entire experience was like a massive like learning curve for you, like of how to <laughs> sort of read your own body and take care of yourself in that situation? Like, um. Told me not to take a fucking two by four with a gusset on it. Learn <laughs> that quick yeah, spot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you, you just yeah, you know, I didn't have any more fucking blood to bleed. Like you know, yeah. so like I, I didn't bleed the next day, and I, I tried to yeah, I tried to push myself too hard and just you know like yeah. fucking tough death match guy. Like let's just fucking do it. And yeah, it was like it was the wrong answer. You know. Yeah. Um, ideally, we should have done some kind of audible where we could have still had a match, but it'd been much shorter yeah. and much less, uh, I don't know. We, we should have been able to do it differently. Uh-huh. Um, but that next day I was like, you know, we were like semi main and it was a big deal. And I just, you know, I wanted to go as hard as I could. And then yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. So exactly. You just reached the limit and that, that was it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you, you yep. don't know that stuff until you're faced with it. Right. You're like, Oh, what's this? My, arms aren't lifting anymore and like yeah it'd be a completely alien experience i imagine right yeah exactly quick segue uh you mentioned your music uh which i like it is a banger um so answer me this did you select that song because of the line this that drip it's more like oceans (laughs) no (laughs) did you know that line's in the song because it seems kind of convenient i was like this is why i chose the song right (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't even know that. You know that, like in like the second verse or whatever. Black, it's harder in the screamo kind of versions that you have, but in the like the hip hop version, that that's what he says. I got. Wait, I got you. This that hako bumble two step. They can't box me in. I'm two left. This that drip is more like oceans. They can't fit me in a Trojan. I don't. <laughs> so I have heard that. Notice it. No, that um, that's fucking wild. That's. Let's go with yes, yeah. (laughs) I love that you didn't know that because it's almost like the song was meant to be, right? Because literally, this that drip it more like oceans. So yeah, I I was like, that's fantastic. It's almost like it's personalized. It was. Now I feel like I got to use it again. Shit, shit. (laughs) Did you start using it again? I thought I heard it recently, or or not? Uh, They used the for the what was it, thirteen, twelve? Wow, what their numbers. Uh, the WrestleMania show, yeah, uh-huh. the last show that ICW ran. Um, they didn't tell me they were gonna fucking do that. Yeah, they just they yeah. had Kurt go out and be a heel, and they're like, "You're gonna get cheered," and I was like, "I fucking doubt it," <laughs> you know. But I got cheered after the Slack match, so that's what they were like. No, we're gonna turn your face now. I was like, no. I was like, they fucking hate me. Yeah. 
they played that song and I stepped out and like you could see me on the entrance. I, I like just had this look on my face like you son of a bitch and yeah. everybody cheered and I was like, wrestling's fucking weird. So. <laughs> Hey, all it takes is a banger song, and you'd be surprised how far it could go. <laughs> My God, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody missed the song. So, like I said, I still feel like the song's more over than I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as something's over, you got to keep cruising. I also liked as well in uh, No Peace Underground, where you came back, Neil Diamond Cutter sort of did his... Um, you know, open challenge and you came back. And though you sort of came in like a bit of a heel in that, at the end of the match, everything, you know, goes down, he gets attacked, you sort of help him up and stuff like that. I felt like all of that between the different uh, organizations starts to, you know, rebuild Alex Ocean as maybe more of a face character than a heel character. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm doing now really is I'm just, I'm not trying to force anything, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely understand that, for whatever reason, there there is a chunk of people that completely despise me. They, they you know the they hate my name. They say I'm the worst wrestler that ever fucking lived. That I can't wrestle. I shouldn't wrestle. Um, the spot money. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. There, there's a group of people that fucking hate me, and they're not going to change their mind ever. I don't know why. I think it sucks. Whatever. What you, you know, do? I'm Look. sorry. I'm sorry that you dislike me that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, to sit and shit on me on Twitter, but. It is what it is, you know. It, it comes with the the job, I guess. Dude, um, there's always going to be vocal minorities, and you can't be fucking everything to everybody, you know. Right, you know. So I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a babyface. I'm not trying to be a heel. I'm just, um, my, my whole perception in wrestling has changed. I'm just having fun. Yeah, is really what it's coming down to. Mm-hmm. So exactly, keep grinding out, man. It's gonna gonna work out. So I guess a, a lot of like, did you find a lot of that negativity? Um, when, when did that start for you? Like, was it... Because there was obviously that, that bit of controversy in the Lord Crew match, right? Like, I think it was Volume 9 with the the shirt, fire shirt, elbow sort of thing. Did it work out? And I think... <laughs> I had to bring it up, bro. Uh, and, you know, obviously, Strugs went in on you a little bit hard on that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He was like, getting, he was, was like, roast this motherfucker on Twitter because he can't light himself on fire or whatever it was. Bro, that, again, that was me trying to do too much. Another and dot, it, man. And nothing fucking worked. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's probably good. Look at, I mean, J.J. Allen, I was there, and he almost burnt his whole fucking, you know, body apart. <laughs> so, off. like, I guess maybe it's good that it didn't happen. Yeah. But, um... You know, yeah, it didn't. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, that sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had right. wrestlers. I had wrestlers from the other company that don't work for ICW message me, and they were like, "Yo, why is he shitting on you like that?" I was like, "I don't know." I was, I've never been mad at the guy. I was a little upset about that. I was, and I said, I, I brought it up to him, and I was like, "Yo, you really like, like?" He's like, "Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I got caught up in this." I was like, yeah, and I get it. You know, yeah, shit happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, damn. You know what I mean? You have to do me like that because if, if he would have done me that bad. Twitter wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah. But yeah, since yeah. he did, yeah. it's like, motherfucker. Exactly. So, One thing about him is a, he's a passionate man and he doesn't sugarcoat anything. You know what I mean? So he, he, he was also in the moment and he just reacted, you know? And, exactly. <laughs> and that's it, you know? And so, but one thing about him, you know, he's, no, he's never out to bury anybody or anything like that. And I think he was pretty sort of, um, you know, uh, apologetic after it went down. He was like, oh, he was. I, I, he's he, he, like, he, he, I fucking, I lost it. Like, you know? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, after, you know, after the Akira match and the whole fucking, 
Eddie Guerrero incident and yeah. then leading into the that and it, it was a lot of shit just piled on. And, it it would have felt know. like it was starting to just like veer off course, right? Like, and you'd be like, this, just like it's just thing after thing. And you're like, oh fuck, I just. It's just here's the path that I can see it, but it's just these things keep happening, and you're like heading down this way, and it just starts to snowball after a while, right? And that's exactly what happened, and that was, you know, it was it was pretty it was rough. Like yeah. I, uh, you know, I deleted Twitter. I couldn't. I it, it's it's hard to not look your name up and see what these fucking people are talking about. Yeah. You know? And when it's all bad, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And um. You know, and then it was, it was a, you know, I had a bad match and then a bad match and then a bad match. And then I was just like, you know, at that point I was like, I have this, you know, I had this like X-Pac Baron Corbin type heat, you know, that it it wasn't that people disliked me. They just didn't want me there. So my thing was like, you know, fine. If you don't want me there, like I'm not going to be there. And that's how in January with the no peace thing, I was like, this is, this is my last one. Like I'm, I'm not doing death matches anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Um, Danny is one of the people that convinced me actually to to not do that. Yeah. Um, so to not run from I'm it. Thankful for that. Yeah. What's that? To not run from it, basically, like to just just come back into the fold and, and keep keep grinding, right? Yeah, you know, and he, uh, you know, because I mean, around that time too, like I lost a lot of bookings, I lost a yeah. lot of money because yeah. people were shitting on me. So it was like I wasn't a cool name to to bring in. You yeah. know what I mean? And a lot of those places still don't use me anymore. Like the smaller ones and the places that were flying me in and doing shit like that, like they completely stopped. Like, why would they want to bring me in? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, well, you know, when you can go and get one of these other guys that the, you know, internet wrestling community doesn't completely despise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was that and it was, you know, for whatever reason, uh, he didn't want me to stop doing them. And, uh, a lot of people didn't want me to stop doing them, but, uh, yeah, I was pretty convinced for a while that I was done. And then, he had me uh, do the slack match. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'll do the slack match. Uh-huh. And um, I did that. And that one was good, I guess. I don't know. Because they fucking cheered for me again. And literally, I was standing in the ring. And I was almost mad. I was like, what the fuck are you like? What, like, <laughs> what is it with you people? You know what I mean? Like, I've been I've, the whole match, I was just being a fucking douchebag getting booed and, you know what I mean, getting killed by Schlack, and then he throws me off the thing, and I stand up, and I'm like, fuck off. Like, that's what was in my head. I was like, fuck off to everybody. They were cheering for me, so I was like, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, ex- exactly right, man. <laughs> and, and, like, I guess it, 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 the other thing as well, like, for you with that moment, you're like, not everybody here or whatever are those people on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, there are, like, right. people that are rooting for you that see somebody that works hard, that – see somebody that's maybe made mistakes and and has has apologized and is moving forward and stuff. So I don't think like you're wrong in feeling that way. And at the same time it gives you the opportunity to go like, hey, look around. Maybe this isn't over. Maybe there's a bunch of people targeting me with opinions and stuff like that that I can move past and keep doing this and do what I love, you know? Yeah. No, I mean if if that match didn't happen, I I wouldn't be still be doing them. So yeah. Exactly. And I mean, Schlack, what, a, what an absolute performer. And it's almost like going through the meat grinder that is Schlack is sort of a uh, respect-getting exercise all in itself. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, obviously, like you said, you stepped away, you came back. And yeah, I, I saw, you, saw you come back uh, on social media, which is when I reached out to you because I really just wanted 
a chance to speak to you and and like, like I said, I felt that way about about everything you've done. And I, I thought it would be interesting to to tell your story because I feel like you've had a hell of a story and it's really cool to like see you back getting into, you know, no peace and ICW no holds barred again. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I appreciate it. It's 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 been good. Um I've also been I've had actually two weekends ago, probably one of the best matches of my career. Unfortunately, it's not on IWTV. Uh-huh. It will be released on YouTube eventually. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I had a last-man-standing match for Coastal Championship Wrestling. We have the, the show once a month in a brewery yeah. uh, down in, like, Miami area. Uh-huh. And it's it's literally it's the best crowd that I've probably ever wrestled in front of. They're insane. They're drunk. They're happy. They just fucking love everything. Uh-huh. And then, But it's just, it's, it's just a wrestling company. It's not death matches. Yeah. So they let me have a last man standing match. And I'm like, Hey man, like let's use, you know, put this gusset plate in my head, hit, hit me with this tack chair. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Suplex me on this fucking keg. So we started, you know, doing these other things. And like, uh, I use a saw there all the time for whatever reason. They fucking love that. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? So, um, and so that's been really cool too. So I, I hope that people, uh, will watch and care like about that one. Cause I think it was good. I've had three matches with him there and they've all been good. And who, um, who was that against? Uh, his name's Will Austin. Who he's another. He's a kid down here. At, we tr- started training at the same time. He's a couple years younger than I am. Um, he just started uh, kind of branching out. He's going to, like Texas and Jersey and Chicago now, and uh, finally starting to travel and get his name out there, which is awesome. And uh, I'm actually pushing. I, I really hope that, um, that he's not a deathmatch guy, and he shouldn't be a deathmatch guy. He's way too not not that he's way too talented, but. He, he's too pretty, and he just doesn't need to do it, just for, for who he is. Um, but I, I would I would like to see him on you know some of those shows, and I mean he's down for fucking anything. Like I hit him in the face with a saw, and he was cool with it. So, what type of saw are we talking about? Like straight up, I went to the hardware store and got a you know the metal oh just saw, like wood like floppy wood saw kind saw. Of yeah yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Jesus. Straight up hands on. Just sl- smacked him Whipped him with it. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. That's rough. Now, is uh, is that wrestling company, I think I remember seeing a photo of you with a, a belt over your shoulder. Is that the company that you were the champion for? I was for 24 hours. For 24 hours? You, uh, and there's some creepy monster kind of in the background of that picture? Yeah, so that is Agony. That's my uh, best friend. Also, he's a Marine veteran. Oh wow, um, this is yeah, huge. He, he, he started training like a month after me, I think. Yeah, and so we just hit it off, and uh, we were a tag team. Uh-huh. We still are. Yeah. Um, you know, we won the belts. We, I mean, together we've gotten to wrestle um, the Headbangers and MVP. We got to wrestle Shannon Moore. Uh, we got to do a spot with Mick Foley. Oh, awesome. Um, we got to wrestle Matt Stryker. We got to do the TLC match. Like we got to do a lot of cool shit. Awesome together. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. yeah, that photo stood out to me straight away. I was like, "What wrestling company is this?" Because it's you, black and white, belt over your shoulder, and it's just this creepy like face monster over to the right hand side. I'm like, "What's going on over here?" <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of cool. So, is he like your enforcer type scenario in that situation? Well, so we have like a little, we have like a little faction actually, okay. but it's only in South Florida. Um, yeah. And there's other guy, he goes by Jackal. And how it started was, it didn't make any sense. I don't even know how the fuck we got together. <laughs> I, um, 
I'm, I'm friends with this girl who lives in Colorado. I yeah. used to live out there when I was in the military. Um, and she's like a professional makeup artist. Okay. She was in Florida. And I was like, hey, this is like right when Venom came out, I think. And yeah. I was like, you want to do like the half Venom face for me? And like she painted my face. Uh-huh. He had some like Amazon bought fucking, it looked like a skull, but it was like a paintball mask or something. Uh-huh. And then the other dude painted his face like a pumpkin. We looked absolutely dumb. <laughs> But that was the start of something, and yeah. we eventually evolved into now, you know, he's got the very expensive custom mask, and he looks actually fucking cool, and, yeah. you know, we've, we've all kind of found our, our niche and everything. Exactly. Now, it looks really cool. Do they, so where are the shows you said they're going to be coming to YouTube? Yeah, so uh, it's called CCW Alive Wrestling. They okay. actually do, uh, every Tuesday, they do, uh, it's like a half-hour show. Cool. Uh, I did hear that they might either increase it to an hour or like another day release another one. I'm not really sh- sure yet. Um, yeah. But so every week they release it. It's not – they try and do storylines. They're still trying to figure out how to do this show basically um, because we we do a lot of shows in South Florida. Like I, I'm wrestling three times this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, wow. Uh, all for CCW and then all throughout South Florida. Um, but so they kind of like – pick and choose different matches and try and, like, fit them into segments, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So it's not like a, if you go to all the shows, that's going to look a lot different. Um, but it it's it's good. It, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Like, uh, my match with Sabu was on there, which was fucking huge for me. Yeah. Um, so that was great. I got um, the another match with that, that Will Austin kid. We had a no-DQ match uh-huh. before the last Man Standing match. That one's on there. Um and I think one of the matches with Sandman is on there, maybe. Yeah, wow. I'm not really sure. Sandman, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, that was something. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And then obviously, uh, still doing No Peace, still doing ICW No Hopes, Bard. I know you've got some shows coming up with them, yeah? June 25th, Boardwalk Buds versus Nolan Edward? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we've got yep. June 26th, uh, Unlucky 13, with uh, Danny DeMonto versus the Kirks, eh? Yep. <laughs> is this your first time yep. teaming with Danny and not being against him? Um, it is. I've gotten a lot of uh, dad jokes, especially for whatever reason, the pictures they took, like, I kind of look like him, I guess. So that's been fucking great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it. I think it'll be good. Yeah. I think it'll be great, actually. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to both of them. Yeah. Um, but I also realize I'm just gonna throw this. It's in Jersey, so I'm 100% expecting to be booed. So, <laughs> look, like I said, you can't be everything to everybody. As long as you're having yep. fun, who gives a fuck, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna smoke a bunch of weed. I'm gonna bleed, and then I'm gonna go the fuck home. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. You, uh, <laughs> you and Daddy working on your tag team maneuvers, or or what? We can expect some killer finishes, or what's happening? I don't even know. Yeah, I'm just saying the DeMonto device has got a bit of a ring to it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll yeah, let yeah. Him know. I'm, I'm sure with the four people that are in that match, yep. um, I can't imagine anything less than it being absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So The Kirks are amazing, man. So I think, I think it's going to be one to circle for that weekend, and I'm really looking forward to it. So tell me, man, where do the people find you? And uh, we'll get you all plugged up. Um, so I am on, let's see, we got 
Twitter and Instagram are at the Alex Ocean. The O on Ocean is now an X, so it's A L E X X C E A N. If anybody's wondering why I did that, it's called search engine optimization. There are many Alex Oceans in music and art, and some yoga instructor who has like twenty thousand followers. Um, so with the X, there's like one clothing company in like Scotland or something mm-hmm. that has like 300 followers that hasn't posted since like 2016. Yep. So that was part of the reason. Um, bands started doing it in the what mid 2000s, I think, mm-hmm. late 2000s maybe, um, for that exact same reason. And I always thought it looked cool, so that's the other reason. And if you don't like it, then fucking sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> <gives a> fuck. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that's, that's it. That's the reason I did it. There, there's no, like, super cryptic. I was changing all the O's to X's. There's this, uh, there's this rapper named Scarlord that does that. Yeah. I was like, that looks yeah. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pain in the ass with autocorrect, so I was like, I'm not fucking doing that anymore because you just kept changing every fucking word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm on there, um, and then, yeah, I'm back on Twitter, Instagram, and then I am also on TikTok. That's the Alex Ocean. It still has the O. Uh, I'm going to try it. I actually... Um, I have like 13, 14,000 followers on TikTok. I have uh-huh. a video of a light tube getting broke in my mouth that got like millions of views. So right, okay. it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like not wrestling fans, but they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. They followed me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this psychopath? Exactly. Exactly. And anywhere that people can grab your merch? Um, Right now, just on social media, just DM me. I don't really have um anything up right now. I need to get that taken care of. I've been offered by a lot of people to have a store made. Just, like I said, I, I thought I was going to be done with death matches, so that's what I told all of them. Yeah. Um, I was like, no, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not doing it. And then apparently now I am not done with them. Yeah. So uh, right. I'll get on that. If you can DM me. I do have some stuff. I got some shirts. I got the Ocean Fan shirts. Um, I will have my new design at uh, Boardwalk Buds. Uh, it's pretty limited if anybody wants one of those. So the one I posted, uh, the one I posted actually it says like Ocean and Riley yeah, has us on the back. It's a cool it's design, been, right? So it's going to be that shirt. Um, that one will be at Boardwalk Buds. And other than that, I got nothing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know a guy. I'll hook you up <laughs> for sure. Perfect. Shout out Corey Deathmatch Worldwide. Awesome, Alex Ocean. Thanks so much for your time, bro. I really appreciate you uh, putting in a full day's work and then getting on the phone to somebody from across the world uh, just on the strength of some Twitter messages. So it really is appreciated. Yeah, I appreciate you having me and uh, letting me try and maybe convince a couple people otherwise on how big of a piece of shit I am. So, Mate, I, I don't think that at all. And I know <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't. So for everybody out there, Four Faces and Feels podcast for Alex Ocean, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at Faces Feelscast, Twitter, at Faces Feelscast, and Facebook, at Faces Feelscast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body 
is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. 